Welcome to Iron Matters, the podcast series brought to you by Hemochromatosis Australia. In this episode, we're talking about the most common genetic disorder affecting Australians with Professor Martin Delatecki, who's Medical Director, Victorian Clinical Genetic Services and Co-Director, Bruce Lefroy Centre for Genetic Health Research at the Murdoch Children's Research Institute. Hello, Professor Delatecki. Please tell us a little bit about yourself, your career, and your areas of particular clinical interest. Mark, I'm a clinical geneticist, and uh, that means I trained as a paediatrician and then trained as a clinical geneticist. And I have uh, a long-standing interest in genetic screening. So I'm very interested in how we can make genetics relevant to the masses, to people who don't have a family member with a particular genetic condition, but we can use that to improve people's health. And so I became very interested in hemochromatosis because 95 plus percent of Australians who have the condition have one genetic fault. So it's very easy to identify most people who are at risk. And hemochromatosis is completely preventable. And so I had a long-standing interest in how we could screen for hemochromatosis and then became interested in how to treat it. What's the prevalence of hemochromatosis in the Australian population? So amongst those of European background, about one in 200 have the genetic predisposition. If you're from Ireland, that can be as high as one in 150. So it is uh, the most common uh, recessive genetic condition in people from European ancestry. So what would you suggest as the best course of action in terms of detecting hereditary hemochromatosis? Well, if I had my way, every person would be offered screening for it. We can screen people with a simple cheek swab, test for the genetic predisposition. We know that uh, most men and a high percentage of women who have the genetic predisposition will develop high iron levels in the body. And some of those, if not treated, can have cirrhosis of the liver, they can have damage to the heart, diabetes, and these things can be prevented if we keep the iron levels in the normal range, which is incredibly simple by becoming a blood donor. The blood can be used for donation uh, if there's no other contraindication. Uh, so that's how I would do it if I uh, was Prime Minister. Sadly, I'm not. So therefore, you know, we have to take a pragmatic view. And I think the message is to have a very low threshold for doctors, to have a very low threshold to test for hemochromatosis. So one of the most common symptoms is fatigue. One of the common causes of fatigue is anemia. There was a study in the 1990s that showed that 17% of people with hemochromatosis had been given iron because of fatigue, which as you can imagine, is a very bad idea. So if people come in with symptoms like fatigue, like uh, arthritis in the hands, then uh, measure the serum ferritin level. You might say, why not measure the iron? The iron levels that you measure in blood are normal, and there's this marker called ferritin that gives a clue that it's uh, high iron levels, and another marker called transferrin saturation. If those are measured, then you'll pick up people uh, who have symptomatic hemochromatosis, get onto treatment before they develop irreversible symptoms like liver cirrhosis. Who should be tested and at what age? Well, if again we go from the dream world to the real world, the dream world would be young adults, that uh, people rarely, rarely run into any major problems before uh, middle age. So if we tested people uh, late teens, early 20s, then uh, we'd pick people up in time before they developed irreversible damage from the condition. But given that there's not a government-funded screening program yet, but we haven't given up on that, then uh, it's really 
anyone who comes in. And, you know, doctors will often do iron studies as a part of a general health check, and that's uh, a good way of picking people up who have raised iron but not into the very dangerous levels that cause damage to liver, heart, etc. What sort of exposure do you have or have you had to people with problems caused by hereditary hemochromatosis or too much iron? My main interest in hemochromatosis has been really around screening for it. And the reason why I'm so interested in it is because you can't prevent a person having the genetic predisposition. But if you've got the genetic predisposition, you can prevent illness. And that's because most of the symptoms and most of the disease happens because of this build-up of iron in the liver causing cirrhosis, in the heart causing cardiomyopathy, in the pancreas causing diabetes. And so if we can keep the iron levels in the normal range, which can be done very simply by donating blood, then you can prevent those things happening. And that's why it's such an attractive condition for treatment. Do you have patients who express concerns about themselves and perhaps family members in relation to haemochromatosis? So we see people who have been diagnosed and then we do what's called cascade testing, which means testing family members, brothers, sisters. You know, even though it's a recessive condition, meaning both parents have to have the faulty gene, it's so common that we see quite a lot of families where multiple generations are affected. So usually in recessive conditions, it would affect sibships, but not other generations. But because one in 10 people are carriers of a single faulty gene, it's very common that multiple generations are affected. So if we find someone with it, the recommendation is family members should be tested. Very simple to check whether they've got the genetic predisposition. If they do, monitor the iron levels and make sure they never get too high. Do you find that people with haemochromatosis face similar challenges and what might they be? I mean, it's such an incredibly variable condition. So one end of the spectrum, you've got a person who's got the genetic predisposition with normal iron levels and they're no different to anyone else, right through to people who aren't picked up until they get uh, you know, such high iron levels that they get irreversible liver cirrhosis, they need a liver transplant, and, and some people die because of it. So, you know, it's not one size fits all, but certainly some of the more uh, non-specific symptoms like uh, fatigue, uh, like depression, you know, these can respond to treatment with uh, reducing the iron levels into the normal range, and so that's uh, our aim is to find people and, and let them benefit from it. In haemochromatosis, we have a condition which is potentially tragic in its outcomes, and yet it is so easy to test for, so easy to diagnose once that testing has been undertaken. How do you feel about the general awareness of the condition within, I suppose, general population, but also among the medical population? Look, I think that uh, the general public, I think most people are not aware of haemochromatosis, but I think the medical profession is becoming more aware. 30 years ago, I think there was less recognition, but since the genes been discovered, people recognise the way it can be easily diagnosed and that it's a preventable and treatable condition that the medical profession is testing for it more and is more aware. But I think there's room for improvement and that uh, there's an attitude among some that it's too rare, I'll never see it, but one in 200 means every GP will knowingly or unknowingly see people with haemochromatosis in their career. Genetic testing hasn't been with us all that long and yet people have been treated for haemochromatosis for quite considerable period of time. Uh, have you found that there have been people referred to you or people who you've seen who have actually been treated for haemochromatosis and it turns out once they've been tested in fact no they don't 
have hemochromatosis. So, you know, I mentioned earlier this serum ferritin, and serum ferritin uh, goes up when iron levels in the body go up, but it also goes up for other reasons. Uh, if you've got uh, an infection, it can go up. If you've got cancer, it can go up. If you've got an immune disorder, it can go up. And so it's quite true that uh, there have been people wrongly labelled with hemochromatosis when there's another cause for it. And that's why, you know, it's very important to do the genetic testing to uh, make sure that's the right diagnosis because uh, giving blood when you've got cancer is not the right treatment. Is there anything else that you think GPs should know about hemochromatosis and genetic testing? So I think a very important uh, study that we did was to assess whether people who have what we deemed moderate iron overload needed to be treated. So if you have the genetic predisposition, you've got normal iron levels, obviously you don't need treatment, although we recommend that those people consider being blood donors to make sure it doesn't go up. If you've got a very high ferritin level, so we consider that a level of 1,000 or more, no one would disagree. You need treatment to prevent a risk of severe disease. We did a study where we uh, had people with moderate iron overload between the upper limit of normal ferritin up to 1,000, and half of them had their iron levels reduced and half didn't. And we didn't let them know if they were going to be reduced. And you might say, how do you possibly do that? And the way we did it is we used what's called an apheresis machine and we put it literally behind a black curtain so their blood went into this machine. For half the people, they had their red blood cells returned, meaning their iron levels weren't reduced. And the other half, we kept their red blood cells, but we put their plasma back and so they didn't know whether they were treated or not. And we found that the people who were treated did better than the people who weren't treated. They felt better. They had less fatigue, they had improvement in various biochemical markers and so that study has told us that if you've got high iron levels, no matter how minimally raised they are, we recommend now everyone should be treated, whether it's in the very high levels or just raised, that everyone with haemochromatosis and raised iron levels should be treated. If people want to find out more about haemochromatosis and genetic testing, where would you guide them? Well, you know, I think uh, the websites for support organisations are excellent. They're written with uh, consultation with experts, so Haemochromatosis Australia, the American equivalent will have very good information uh, and people you know, can see their GPs to discuss testing and can have a referral to a genetics unit if they want to talk in more depth about genetic testing for their family. Professor Martin Delatiki, thank you very much for speaking with us today about haemochromatosis and genetic testing. It's been my pleasure, thank you very much. To listen to more podcasts in this series, subscribe to Iron Matters in your podcast app or find us at www.ha.org.au slash iron hyphen matters. <laughs>